You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Hey, Tom. Hi, Susan. How are you? Feels like it's been like forever. I know. It, this it is does. weird. I feel like we haven't done it. I feel like I'm starting all over again. I know. And then we went down to Bisbee and did some training. Yes. So that kind of threw, threw us, us off. off out of sync and stuff. So. And then I was honored last week. That's right. To be on a huge podcast, <laughs> I, and I am still, I don't know if you've looked at the numbers on no, Rumble. No, I, I haven't looked at it. But it's, uh, the podcast I was on is called Roll Call Code 3 with Kyle Serafin, the, how does he, what does he call himself? Uh, not recovering FBI agent, <laughs> but something like that, but he's an FBI agent whistleblower. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who uh, let everybody know that the bombs January 6th at the Republican and Democratic headquarters were never intended to go off and his co-host is a, a guy that is the, they had me laughing the whole time i couldn't <laughs> stop laughing but his name is alfredo alpha luna yep he was a cop in california that some he got on somebody's sites and yeah, the jttf did. wound up raiding his house finding a, a unregistered shotgun under his bed and i'm like you people jttf this close to the board y'all ain't got anything I, better exactly. to do yeah. And then he got arrested on election day. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He's also a Marine. But we had so much fun. That was. <laughs> but I looked this morning and it's up to 77,000 views. Wow. That's great. And not all their other episodes have only been like at 43 or something. <laughs> I'm like, am I reading this right? <laughs> I haven't listened to it that many times. I promise you. I hadn't even finished the whole. I hadn't even been able to finish the whole yeah, thing I yet. Yeah, I finished it. It was good. Yeah, we had fun. So I'm. Um, and. Uh, Kyle Serafin just had his fourth child. She was like four days late, and he texted me and let me know she was she had come into the world over the weekend. We need to teach him what causes that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I, he needs five. I don't think so either. <laughs> but that was that was a really fun one. That was video audio, yeah. the whole shebang. Then Sonia, right. our good friend there, the the Biden whistleblower for the fams, was on there. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they quite knew how to take this southern old woman at first. <laughs> but we were, we were having a good time. So, <laughs> yeah, so a lot's been going on. But it seems like it has been forever since it, we've been in our yes, own studio. And uh, we want the audience to know that sometime in the near future we will be going to video on this. Sometime. Yeah, we've only been working on it a year and a half. We <laughs> actually have most everything purchased now, I think. I think so. So we'll uh, we'll keep y'all up to date on that. We're just a little slow around here getting things done, mainly because Tom and I are so stupid with this stuff. We can't do it without Joelle, who happens to be on vacation forever. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we may have to hire somebody to do this. But um, anyway, uh, cancer update, nothing new. Still plugging along. Looking good. Yeah, feeling good. Got to do that stupid diagnostic mammogram this Friday. <laughs> this is what started the whole mess a year ago if I just not had it done. 
Just think. Oh, yeah, that's probably I'd have a good a normal idea. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd have my hair. Of course, I'd have 70 pounds still. Yeah. But, you know. You what, like not having your hair, so. I do. I really do. I'm really enjoying these wigs, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep them. This is permanent, people. Maybe you, that's what I should start wearing, right? <laughs> I think you, I got a green one all on you. When we go to after, cameras. After seeing Bird wearing it, that's all I can see them <laughs> no, in. When we're going to cameras, you and Joelle are both going to have on wigs. I got plenty for you to share i can share we got blonde we got red we, yeah we got green yeah could be fun that'll be our first episode <laughs> I, I see this coming but anyway we have a very special guest today that i'm actually going to let you introduce because this was someone that uh, you guys kind of found yeah. and that we are excited about because of the fact there is so much uh, going on in law enforcement around the country um, in this kind of vein that yes. we've talked about and we teach about all the time, and that is the uh, uh, suicidal tendencies and the ideations and the thoughts that go on that really and truly, we say, and it's true, have become normal thoughts in this industry. Right. There's so much frustration, and there's so much coming from administrations, from every size, from small departments to large departments. I think the large departments probably have the added burden of the public wanting to defund them. Right. That's working Which, out. Yeah, that works out really well. That's working out really well. Just go to some of these places. You know, here's a new study for you. Look at what causes more suicidal ideations, thoughts, whatever you want, however you want to define it. Yep. Either the cumulative effects of the job mm-hmm. or the upper management. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, only if we find it's upper management, we get to eliminate the upper management. Well, if we want to eliminate suicides. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly and truthfully, I think it's because, you know, for some reason, these leaders seem to think that beating people up and beating them down is going to make them motivated. Right. And, and that's, I, yeah. Oh, that's real good for our morale. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm telling y'all, I'm going to wind up in a chief spot somewhere in this country <laughs> or a sheriff spot. And it's going to be fun. <laughs> we are going to have a good time. It won't last. No, not at all. But I'm going to be able to get in and make some changes. And like I said, you know, we got to go back to the old way of doing stuff. <laughs> we'll go back to the old way of doing things. Yep. Called accountability and responsibility. Hmm. That's a new concept. <laughs> Yeah. Although, did you see in Nevada this week, this weekend, what they did? No, I. Somebody had some climate crazy group blocked a road going into a concert, and I, I, I'm so removed from all this stuff. But it was some concert that really and truly isn't like it's a country music thing. That a lot of conservatives are going to be there, and uh, they it said Ranger on their car. One of them just got fed up with it because they were backed up for miles, and it's just a two-lane road going into this concert, and he just got ticked off. He goes driving through them, literally turns around, jumps out with his gun, starts putting them in handcuffs, and one of them's over there screaming, I'm just a, uh, an environmental activist. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, take your environmental activist yeah. butt to jail because it's time to go. <laughs> Hey, there's crazy people everywhere. And I was like, you go, cop, you go. Oh, way to so, go for him. Yeah. Hey, it busted it up, and people got to go to their concert, so <laughs> I'm all for it. More of that and less of this other 
petting people and mm-hmm. bless your heart kind of stuff because it ain't working. So Not at all. Well, our guest today, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to call her Marie. She has over 20 years uh, experience as a law enforcement officer in a crazy place, I say. Yeah. Um, Chicago area. It's gotten crazier by the by the month. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. You get a new superintendent, you get a new mayor, and well, we'll see if this new superintendent makes any positive changes. Well, and this goes goes back, you know, I guess we, we kind of, I mean, we've always noticed and watched kind of right. Chicago, but really started hearing more about Chicago when we met Ryan. Exactly. And then started hearing the real nightmares and the horror stories because, of course, they don't want to publicize that stuff. No, Chicago's not going to publicize it. And that lovely female mayor that they had (laughs) there for a while. Yeah, boy, I... She she really had some mental issues in yeah. my opinion. and that's my professional opinion <laughs> as a master's level counselor. I don't know that medication would have helped yeah, her. Yeah, she was something else. And you know, Marie, is she still even around? You know what? I last I heard, she was going to teach at some college. <laughs> I don't think it's in the city. I don't know when she's teaching, but hmm. bless those students' hearts having to look at that and listen to that. <laughs> I, I think I'd change majors yeah. <laughs> or schools, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> but anyway. Be online and you can turn the camera off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear her either, though. You know, when she can't sing, she thought she could. She's doing those TikTok things. I'm thinking, honey, yeah, you need a whole new calling. Yeah, that's for sure. Music and politics ain't it. But So tell us a little bit about what is currently happening in Chicago. Um, since you're still kind of in the area, and I assume you communicate with people that are are still with the police department. I do. So the major issue we have going on in Chicago, there's there's quite a few, but the biggest one I think is the migrants. The, hold on. The migrant situation. Mm-hmm. Um, they are jam-packed in police stations right now. Okay. Yeah, Ryan talked to us about that when he was here a few, yeah, we, a few weeks back. Yeah, I looked up back. some photos online, too. Yeah, and it's that's like just bizarre. They're camping yeah, out in the, the precincts. Yeah, the FOP actually um, posted some videos today that were quite disturbing. Um, they're overpacked into the police stations where we're supposed to be doing police work. And there's unsanitary conditions. There's potential for violence. And... <sighs> You have these officers that are trying to do their job, and they can't do their job efficiently when you have 100, 100 150 migrants in the police station, and it's not safe for them as well. Well, right. you know, at any time. No, they just police in the precinct. <laughs> they don't ever leave the precinct. They they just stay they right there. They have enough to keep them busy right there in the precinct. Yeah, they never get in their cars and go anywhere. <laughs> hey, saves money for the city. But whose idea was that for them? That I mean, somebody had to bless that. I believe it was our former mayor that started this because it's a sanctuary city um, and we're still welcoming migrants. And I understand that they're in a bad situation, sure. but you're putting them in a worse situation because you're putting them in city police stations. Yeah. Where I bet they're there's thrilled. been violence in police stations. You have women, children, kids, and men in this police station. You can't even walk into the stations because there's blankets there's toys there's air mattresses there's garbage so it's a it's a lot of um 
negative factors for the migrants as well as these officers. And they're really getting concerned sure. because being getting sick. Um, I do know about uh, an officer was telling me the other day that uh, one migrant stabbed another migrant in the station. Violently. <laughs> Jeez. Did they go to the, Did they go to jail? <laughs> yes, they did go to jail. Okay. But, didn't have to I go mean, far. Okay. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being a citizen walking in to get a police report? Right. Because someone, you know, stole your Cadillac converter or stole your car. That seems to be a common thing in Chicago. Sure. And wow, you have two migrants stabbing each other. I mean, I know violence is prevalent everywhere, but they, it's just not safe conditions for these officers, yeah, that and is it's crazy. bringing them anxiety. Sure. Um, they are scared and they just are angry because this isn't safe for anybody. Well, you know, what's crazy is normally when you're out on the road, you know, your, your senses are heightened. You're aware of everything that's going on. You go back to the police station and you should be able to let your guard down a little bit. That's but now you can't there. do that. <laughs> yeah. Is it in every yeah. station they have them or just certain ones? No, they're pretty much in the majority of the stations. I know for sure, like today in um, the FOP website, there was migrants in the first district, the 12th district, the third district, and the eighth district. So I, I would I would encourage you to look at the FOP page <laughs> and see what the living conditions are as, as well as the officer's conditions that they're working in. Yeah, well, make sure Joel puts that right. link in there. And but see, here's the problem: Chicago mayor hadn't learned to do what the L.A. mayor did. Did you hear her yesterday? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they sent the something like the tenth busload of illegals to Los Angeles, and she got on TV and said, "We didn't invite them here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Arizona invited anybody in no. here either, but. But they sure come across the border. Uh, absolutely. But L.A. wants to be able to say, well, we didn't invite them, so they shouldn't be coming. But uh, and you're right. This isn't fair to especially to the women and children who truly are innocent people just trying to make a better life. But we know what's coming in with them also. And it's right. the gangs and it's the uh, cartels and the people and the drugs and all that stuff. And now we're dumping them in the Chicago police stations. That's crazy. Which that's interesting that you mentioned that because if you look at the third district video posted on the FOP page, there is gang graffiti in front of the station. <laughs> oh my gosh! We're we're setting we're setting people up for failure. We're set, yeah. we're, we're we're setting up the migrants. We're setting the women and children. We're setting these officers up for failure. There's gang graffiti. I've never in my entire life of over 20 years of law enforcement has seen gang graffiti on a police station. Yeah. Well, here's my question. So is solving crime going up (laughs) because it's right there in the station? (laughs) I mean, are we showing high rates of, of arrest or most of them not even getting arrested for anything? Um, I mean, unfortunately the Cook County, um, Prosecutors are very lax with the laws. Sure. So to to get a conviction is very hard. Mm-hmm. I've seen in news articles where there's repeat offenders of some migrants uh, for theft. Wow. Over and over and over again. So if you're not being reprimanded for not for anything, the law, yeah. 
Sure. What, you know, and that just, and that goes for citywide. And, and, and that's why we're in the situation that we're in along with, you know, so many other things that are going on in Chicago. It's just, there's no repercussions for your actions and the city is failing and mm -hmm. officers are fighting a losing battle. And that is mentally draining. Yes. Yes. It, 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 I mean, you see the defeat in these people's faces that I talked to. Because a lot of people come up to me and they're just, they're defeated between the, the working these crazy hours and then working, you know, they have canceled weekends off and, it, and you're, and you're fighting to make this place safe for everyone because you have to remember officers live in the city too. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. We're making, we're trying to make this safe yep. and it, it's just mass chaos. I mean, we have, uh, the teen trends have been very prominent lately where they're doing takeovers and it's just mass chaos. I mean, it was so unfortunate. There was a takeover during the Bud Billiken parade. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm -mm. Um, Bud Billiken is done every year for back to school for kids. It's a beautiful event and it's supposed to be a family oriented event. It was taken over by these teen trends and was just mass chaos. And it was room for these kids. It, I mean, <laughs> it's sad. It, it's really sad that so many citizens in Chicago do not feel safe doing things that they once were able to do. And, and, uh, and the hard part is, is that it is, it's the underprivileged that are being impacted the most when right. you really think about it. And, you know, when you start talking about affecting kids and they're trying to go back to school and, you know, I, I'm sorry, but people just need to be shot that day, apparently. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure that didn't happen either. But ha uh, how long, Marie, how long has the um, canceled days off? How long has that actually been going on? And is it an off and on kind of thing? It's been going on since probably 2020 with the riots. I mean, I think that brought everything to a head. Mm -hmm. um, they are still canceling days off. And they also have tiered deployment, which if your zone is up for tiered deployment, you're canceled. And you're, that means if your day off was Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're canceled for tier deployment, you got to go into work. So now you have these big weekends that are being canceled and then you have tier deployment as well. And tier deployment will follow through the whole work week. So. So what is tier? To, uh, explain the tier deployment. What, what exactly is that? So to my understanding with officers that I spoke with, they are deployed to heavy crime area parts of the city. Okay. Um, so they, they're not necessarily going to their district. They're getting sent to a foreign district. So and it's, it's they, helping short staffing in, in high crime areas, basically, is what it's doing. Basically, yeah. Wow. And so you can work, and are those still, y'all have 12-hour shifts, right? No, we have nine-and-a-half-hour shifts or the, the 10 hours. It just depends on what unit in it and what district you're in. But when they do cancel, it's potentially the 12-hour shifts. Okay. Wow. So you're talking about officers could literally go months and months without an off day. Yes. I know there's one officer that hasn't had a day off in that month. And so it's still going on. Even though the IG put their report out saying that officers aren't going to – it's still going on because it just depends on where your day off group 
is and how it falls that you might not have a day off for 10 days, 13 days. It, it just depends. And there's no rhyme or reason. It just. And no, no warning even. It's not even like they tell you, you know, in the next two weeks. Right plan on being here every single day of your life and tell your family ahead of time. Well, and then I wonder, are those tier deployments even making any difference? Right. You know? To, to my knowledge, it's a visual presence. Mm -hmm. Sure. sure. According to officers, they want visual. Hmm. How short-staffed so, is Chicago? Right. I don't even know what y'all are funded for. So I actually read an article last night and we're still about 1,600 officers short. Wow, that seems like so, so much. Let me, let me like Phoenix right now, too. How many do you, so how many do you have? Do you know how many are employed right now? Um, yeah, let me pull it up real quick because I saved the article. Um, it looks like we have 11,722 sworn officers. Wow, that's okay. a lot. And but sixteen hundred short is yeah, but I bet that's even an underestimate. Yeah, probably because if it's well, making it to the media, to the, this was according to the Chicago Inspector General. So, give or take, it says that they're up eleven. I'm sorry, uh, one hundred and eleven feet. Hold on, hold on. So they're up one hundred eleven officers from last year. Okay. So we're not even with the retirements and right. people leaving. We're 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 not even treading at this point. You're hemorrhaging. Uh huh. Uh, and, and again, so many are, but I think Chicago's. It, it just, I think they could probably stop the hemorrhaging if they make <laughs> some changes. And if they'd like me to come up there and help yeah. make those, I'll be happy to tell them what they need to do. But this is. Uh, this could not, we've said this a million times, this could not be done in the aviation industry. Mm -mm. You could not cancel pilots uh, off days and tell them they had to fly that many days straight. Exactly. You can't do it with truck drivers. I'm sure there's other industries, even right. in, uh, you know, the... Crane operators, I know they're restricted. Yes, yeah. But yet the people who carry guns and are responsible for our public safety... We can work them like dogs exactly. and expect them to not have any kind of an impact when they're exposed to the worst of the worst. Yep. And then their hands are tied. And this is, is the defunding movement still a thing in Chicago? I mean, I, I believe that the city is defunding the police themselves at this point. But are the protesters out even still? Is there still a public push for defunding? That I don't, I haven't heard anything, so that's my knowledge. Um, but I, you know, I haven't worked, but um, I, according to officers, it's basically they're saying themselves that, you know, the city is defending the police themselves just with the treatment that officers are receiving in the overworked. And just there, there's, they, they have nothing. I mean, they're, they're running on empty. They, they really are. So, yeah. And, you know, you're running on empty, and then the arrests that you make, they're not getting prosecuted. Yeah. And nothing's happening to these people that are getting arrested. So I risk So, yeah, injury. I mean, it's... it's Anything. That's defeating to the officers, too. Yeah. And it, it's a downward spiral. Yeah. And then you're opening yourself up for legal litigation. Right. Injury. Yep. Trauma. Sure. You know, it's very prominent that it's it's been very voiced 
on how we need community interaction and you know we need to respect the community but the officers are not getting that same care sure and and that's a huge problem and i believe that's why a lot of people are leaving mm -hmm. the shop i mean i can count on two hands just right off the top of my head of people that res have resigned or retired or quit in the last two years because they're, they're it just when you're running on empty mm -hmm. and you're looked at as a bad guy for trying to do your job sure why i'll go water why? plants at home depot and <laughs> yeah. have an easier life um, right. than that uh, you know really i know one of the your your big pushes is to try to get officers to understand about resources that are out there what really yes. is the city doing because all we've heard were the news things after right. Patsy died of, of you know, EAP is here and, uh, you know, we're even... But if the officers don't reach out, there's nothing we can do. That's yeah. a, that was basically the, the mayor or superintendent's message. Yeah, and my guess is these people aren't available 24-7, <laughs> I assume. That, I, I don't believe that's true. Um, just because I know I've had people tell me stories that... Um, they were in crisis and or their partner was in crisis and they brought them to the EAP and they were told they had to make an appointment. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I mean, most EAPs are going to be nine to five Monday through Friday. And when you're talking about officers working these kinds of hours, right. when the heck are they supposed to go see somebody? And then they cancel their days off, which would might be a good day to go see not that somebody I for help but yeah, yeah but you know that's really probably the last thing they want to do you're they right. need to sleep on their off days and spend time with their families uh, do you hear how families are being affected too do, is there much talk about that um i do see that there's a lot of marital problems with police officers um they're unfortunately the way they're being worked between court and the canceled days mm -hmm. off and they're not home. They're just, they're not home with their families. Their families are suffering. There's a lot of clash with, with their significant others. Sure. Um, they're, the bond with their children is not as strong. You're you're not home. If you're not home, right. it, that, that's a catalyst for problems. Sure, absolutely. And it all, and it all adds up in that psychological garbage can we talk about. Um, no new programs, no new things being even pushed out by the city, just EAP? Is that really the only thing they're pushing? Yeah, at this time, the city is just has the EAP. Um, I heard that they opened up two new facilities, but I have heard nothing else about it. I haven't heard what their hours are, if they've gotten more clinicians, because I know that was an issue, mm -hmm. that they were really short clinicians. But I haven't heard anything else besides chatter through the street that they opened up two, two facilities, but I don't know if they're just moving these clinicians from facility to facility or what they're doing at this point. Sure. I, I've, I've heard so many horror stories with the EAP um, that I haven't heard too many stories of where they've helped the officer. Usually officers are going and seeking help elsewhere because it, it's just not efficient. Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories that the clinicians are saying they're tired and they're overworked <laughs> and they're short staff. So here we are going in for for your problems, you know, or problems where you, you recognize in your partner and you're trying to help them. Sure, sure. And and they're overworked, so. Yeah, and, you know, it, 
I don't defend mental health people very often, <laughs> but bless their hearts, they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. And you know, this again, we sound like a, I sound like a broken record on this, but our whole uh, push from the beginning has always been that to be a sports psychologist, you have to get a PhD and then you specialize. You can't just get your PhD and go and have the Arizona Cardinals hire you because they're not going to if you haven't got kinesiology and all those other things. So I don't understand why the mental health field, they understand that. And they also understand that substance abuse counselors, uh, the best ones, are recovering addicts sure. because they got some experience right. in this. They and understand they'll it. call a liar a liar and an addict an addict because they've been there. But they don't understand that our tactical athletes, our law enforcement officers, need specialization. And they can't begin to understand them if they don't know about the industry. You can't treat them like everybody else. Right. And this is what we were, I was laughing with Kyle and, and Luna uh, the other day on theirs about police are better psychologists than EPHDs I've ever met. And watching y'all with one is like a cat with a mouse. <laughs> y'all just playing with them. You know what to say, what not to mm-hmm. say. Because if you say the wrong thing, you can't suddenly retract it and right. go, uh, yeah, I think I'll uh, leave. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't ha- mean that. Right. And then the next thing you know, somebody's knocking on your door, taking your badge and your gun. And that's the problem. Mental health has got to stop this crap of we've got to change the law enforcement culture. Good luck, because that ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not as long as their jobs can be threatened mm-hmm. by them talking to someone. Right. And this is exactly why Under the Shield's here. And we have, we've tried. Lord knows we've tried and we'll continue to try to get into Chicago just for officers to know we're here. Because they can call us 24-7. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get somebody. Probably, right. probably one of us crazy people sitting here on these mics. But um, <laughs> they, it, it, it has to happen. Right. And, and we're not referral sources. We're not, you're not going to call us and then we're going to say, okay, here's who you need to call. We're going to deal with it. We're going to make some recommendations. We're going to make suggestions. And then you can take it or leave it. But, uh, Marie, what do you see really and truly as at the, at the kind of the base of the issues? Is it the sleep? Yeah, it's the sleep. It's the work conditions. It's the brass. Is it more internal than external, would you say? I do. I believe it's more internal than external, 100%. I agree. And I think that's the case most places anymore. Right. And that's sad that it's that that's what's causing so many problems in so many departments. Yeah, my ex used to say even about DEA, he said, you know, I know what the criminal element on the street looks like. He said, it's the guy <laughs> sitting up in D.C. that's a GS3, you know, screwing around with my timesheets or my paperwork or something that he had to worry about. And that was back in the 80s and 90s. Right. And so now it's even it's even worse. And there's almost it almost appears that the administration, the brass think that's their job. Yeah, I don't know how it's shifted to that. Got me. But it, it does appear that way. And you were telling us there's a new superintendent just started? There is. And do you know anything yes. about this person? Are they internal? Did they come from somewhere else? No, they did bring someone in internally from the department. Any word on if this is going to be somebody any good or not? Um, I know talking to other officers who had – he was an academy instructor at one time. Mm-hmm. Um They've said really good things about him, it, but it just comes down to 
is he going to be able to do his job or is he going to be dictated by an, a higher power? Sure. You know? Exactly. Sure. Now, do y'all have, is it a strong city form of government or is there a, a city manager or does the mayor run the play? Who actually really runs Chicago? Well, previously it was the mayor. It was, mm-hmm. it was the former mayor. She, you know, she, she ran the city. So, um, I know a lot of officers are would would voice their concern that you know we have people in place that know what needs to be done, but when they're being micromanaged, mm-hmm. it, it you're, it's a losing battle. It is. So if he, if he's allowed to do what he needs to do to make things better for the city and for the community and as well as our officers, mm-hmm. I, I think that it could be potentially a, a good move. It just depends on if if the mayor will let him do that. Right. 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 If hmm. you if you I mean, you're talking over two decades of experience and people that you talk to also, if you could go in and make changes, what what changes do you see that would make a difference here at this stage of it? Because it's kind of hard to get this thing shoved back in the box, to be honest. Uh, officers should be allowed to have their downtime. Mm-hmm. That's that's number one. You need to decompress. You're in constant trauma situations, and officers in the city have to live in the city, so we're always on guard. We're coming home to a place mm-hmm. that we're serving. We don't get a downtime. It's mm-hmm. not that we go live some but somewhere else, and we can decompress. So we're always on high alert. So that Having is a requirement. Canceled, they uh, any if you work for. The, Chicago PD, you have to live in the city limits of Chicago. That is correct. Okay. Hmm. Wow. So you're living in the same place that you're patrolling. Right. Good plan. You're working nonstop. And if you get stuck on a late arrest and you have your days off canceled <laughs> this week and you have court, we're going on no sleep. And then we have our significant other saying, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. Sure. We need help with this. We need you here. So you are pulled every which way. And eventually it's it's going to take a toll. Sure. Right. Something's got to give. How about the pay? Because I know the public thinks y'all make these make great money. I, I don't know who's been lying to the public. But um, has Chicago been trying to at least give more money? Not just the overtime stuff. I'm talking about base salaries and hourly rates, however y'all get paid up there. Uh, or the, are they just like... Pfft, too bad you got to do with what we give you um as far as my knowledge i know there was something like an incentive given out for officers of 20 years or more to stay on the job i think that's just a kind of curb of what's going on i don't know what the the amount the dollar amount is per se i don't think it's anything life-changing mm-hmm. in regards to what these officers are going through sure you know, so it may not be like enough of an incentive then, right? I mean, for me personally, no, no, it would not be not for what they're going through sure. and how they're worked and how they're sleep deprived. Absolutely. Not. Well, the reality yeah. is y'all don't go into this for the money. No. Uh, truly, no. you don't. But, you know, and especially when you're talking about a cost of living like Chicago must be, I assume never, never lived there. But I can't imagine that it's cheap to live there. Um, especially in this economy anyway. Uh, what what are the true numbers 
on suicide at Chicago PD in the last two years? Do you know? Not off the top of my head. I want to say it's roughly, I know there was like six, there was a span of six last year, like mm -hmm. pretty much back to back. Yeah, I heard of at least nine last year. Yeah. How about this year? How many have you heard of this year? That I haven't heard too much. All I know is through other officers that if there is an officer that um, has passed away, that they are firing out emails immediately saying it's a death investigation. <laughs> right away. Uh, right. Okay. And, and they think they're accomplishing what with that? Just killing the media think, coverage? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, as you see, the, the suicides do seem to come in strings. And they do seem to come within high-stress situations and days off canceled and holidays and whatnot. So I think it's just kind of like, you know, like we're off. We're we're not. This is this has nothing to do with us. Like it's a death investigation. It has nothing to do with us. You know. Yeah. Right. That, that's that's a vibe that I'm getting yeah. when, when yeah. I hear officers yeah. tell me that. It's kind of like, well, we didn't do this before, and all of a sudden now we're like, oh. You know, yeah, because they're trying off. to play it off and make it look like it's not really happening. You know, and one of the things that uh, I challenge you kind of to keep an ear open to is you because you'll hear things way before we will, obviously. But, you know, one of the things that we're seeing at Under the Shield is where officers literally are planning their line of duty deaths. Um, and so it'd be interesting also to see how have y'all have lost very many in the line of duty this year? Because I haven't this heard year, of it. I I don't, I don't know of any off the top of my head, but I am a little far removed. Um, I do know, like in my career, there was officers that, that have executed themselves in parking lots and whatnot. So, I mean, it, it, it does happen. Yeah. Well, now, though, what we're seeing is that they're planning their line of duty deaths so their families do get benefits and stuff. Because with suicide in so many agencies, there right. isn't anything. Now, I know when we were talking about this before the show about um, this Public Safety Act, something that Biden signed last year where suicides are, can be a line of duty death, but the departments have to show how that happened. And we know most are right. not going to do that because, like you were just saying, they want to say, ooh, not us, got nothing to do with us mm -hmm. here. And that's, uh, I hate to tell them, but that's going to shift around and bite them in the butt too. Uh, especially if we can continue to stay on them about the things that uh, we know are happening just around the country even. Um, right. And, you know, are the, are the, is the FOP doing anything? The FOP is, they did bring in a psychologist, um, which has been very good. She has prior uh, law enforcement experience mm -hmm. and she did work for the city at one time. So, they, they are trying to bring in outside sources to help officers. Um, but as far as the city, they I have not heard of anything relevant or like new that they have been doing for officer wellness at this point in time. So we're talking one psychologist being brought in for 11,000 plus yeah. people. Well, now, according to the city last year, they said that they were putting so many millions of dollars to the system so that they could hire more psychologists or psychiatrists, or I guess yeah, psychologists. It's psychologists, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this was the FOP brought one. Right. In. 
and yeah, she she runs like a, a an actual office, so there is multiple. So it, she they are helping mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, but like we go back down to when are they going to have time exactly to go? And as far as training goes, is, is there you know we're seeing stuff all over the country about suicide prevention training, which is really nothing but awareness or intervention training. And obviously, officers can't even get to training. But right. is there even anything being offered for families? Not to my knowledge. I have not seen or anything. And in my whole career, I've never seen anything as far as the city providing anything for families for awareness. That's a shame, too. And mm-hmm. and again, common problem. But it's something that we do need to start to change because they're the first line of defense as far as we're concerned. They see the early warning signs. 100 percent. And I totally agree with that. I do know that they do officer wellness class, which does entail yoga. Well, my <laughs> argument down here when they tell me they got yoga, I said, until you bring goats in, I ain't coming. Because I've already done goat yoga once, and it just changed the whole feeling of yoga. <laughs> yeah. So that, that seems to be the extent of officer wellness through the department at this point in time is officer wellness class, and they do <laughs> yoga. And 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 let me say this, yoga is very beneficial. However, that is not, if you've got an officer who's thinking about suicide, stressed to the max, Mm -hmm. has anxiety, sleep deprived, yoga is not going to be their first step toward officer wellness. No, if, if, if I'm living in that world, that dark world, you know, that time and someone says, go do yoga, it's going to help you. Uh, I'm going to no. punch him in the face. Exactly. I'm going to say, here, let me hit you in the face, and this will help you. This will ma- and this will make me feel better. <laughs> right. Get, I'll get a little aggression out. I um, mean, that's just, yeah. And it's like the mindfulness and the meditation. All of those things are great when people have time. Right. But they have to, you got to get them to that place. And that's what I think they, and it's checking boxes. We all know that. It's checking boxes. Right. Mm-hmm. And and this yoga thing has become the latest. They've got it here. I got a message. Tempe is now offering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All their precincts, Chandler's off there offering it. And I'm like, yeah, good for y'all. Right. Let me know how that's working out because we know who's going to those classes and it's not yeah. the people that are stressed out. Right. And yoga is not going to take somebody out of that dark spot that they're living in. Mm-hmm. It in, just won't. In your, in your 20 plus years, was there ever anything really offered that you felt like was really helpful that they then didn't offer anymore as far as training goes? No. Wow. No. Uh, this is really sad to me because, right. again, we've been out here 31 years at Under the Shield trying desperately <laughs> to get this stuff yeah. out. And what we hear from agencies, oh, yeah, we've already got that. Oh, yeah, we've already offered that. Um, and, and you go, no, you haven't. Right. And I don't know why they think they have. Well, because they think, you know, if if we say, well, we do mental wellness and suicide prevention is what our focus is on. Well, they they only hear what they think they've heard in the past. True. Not that what we're talking about is really suicide prevention. Right. And that we're teaching the skills how not to get there. Yes. They don't know that. So they don't know what they don't know. They're just going, well, this other group said that they did that. So we and we had them in. So. But they can't tell yeah. you anything they learned. Either. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's. Do y'all have any media up there that's on the side of law enforcement? There are media outlets that are that are pro yeah, law enforcement I mean, or at least balanced. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, they do, they do post things that police are doing in a positive light. So it's not, it's not all doom and gloom with the news. But as you, as everyone knows, you, you gotta kind of weed through the media. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, who's screaming the loudest up there right now for law enforcement? Just the FOP or? Yeah, the, the FOP has been very strong with trying to get our days off, um, advocating, you know, the migrant situation. And they've been, they've actually been really, really good. They've been really good. They've been working really hard, you know, it, but then again, it's just like, there's so much mm -hmm. to peel back and there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to take some time. Well, you know, I was thinking, even if we could get our foot in the door up there and could give them a training, mm -hmm. how do we get enough people off to hear the training to be able to help each other even? Well, you know? to me, that's where you'd almost have to go. And, and this is not something I've ever been a proponent for, just spouses even. Right. And the and and I say this Marie, the reason we haven't been a proponent of just offering a spouse's class is because I I know what would happen. They'd go home and they'd be the wife for example is in the husband's face going. Now Susan says you need to take this vitamin and you need to do that and he's going who the hell is Susan? <laughs> but at this stage of the game, I'm not sure that they'd care who Susan was. Right, yeah. <laughs> if, if, the, if they actually hear help, yes. maybe they would be willing. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I believe that the morale is at an all-time low. Yeah. When people come up and talk to one another, oh, you're lucky, you're out of here, or I got two and a half years and I can't wait to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a prison sentence. Right. That wasn't how it was. No. Back when I started, <laughs> when you retired at the mandatory retirement age, they were going out kicking and screaming. Yeah. They Why do I have to go? 34 years, sure. 33 years. You know, it, 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 the mindset has changed where everyone is looking for an exit strategy, unfortunately. Mm. So what is all right? So tell us how retirement works in Chicago. It's it's um, age based more so than year based. You, you can go before the before maxing out at age. Um, I believe it's uh, fifty. You can leave and collect, and fifty five. You can receive health health benefits. And is 55 the mandated age you have to go? No, it's 63, 62, 62, I think. Hmm. I'd be too old to work at Chicago <laughs> PD. That's, wow. Um, but you have to get tw at least 20 years in? Yeah, it depends on what tiered <clears throat> pension you are. So the younger generation, they are getting a partial pension at 10 years. So a lot of officers are leaving at the 10-year Wow. Hmm. Wow. And then the, and then before that, we have the 20-year pension. So if you do 20 years, you're getting a pension. You can go right off in the wind. So depending on your financial situation and whatnot and your factor of your age. but um, So you, you see a lot more officers leaving to going to other departments at this point. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, at this point, why not? And that's pretty easy to do, I assume, just lateral over and... Yes, there's been a lot of laterals. I know two personally that have laterals, and they're at the same pay. Mm -hmm. They're with the same years and grade. One wow. department is taking their 
retirement grade for their pension. Oh, so, so it's not, not state losing. retirement. Okay. Wow. No, they're not losing anything. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll take your, yeah, we'll, we'll roll it in. Wow. Why wouldn't you leave? And then you could live wherever you want. Yeah. That's Are there the signing bonuses also, like we're hearing around here and other places? Yes. Yes. <laughs> wonder what those look like. <laughs> oh, that's pretty I know good. one, one, one friend of mine, $5,000 sign-on bonus to leave. Is Chicago offering sign-in bonuses for people to come there? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> hey, Mayor, yeah, that's kind of uh, stupid. Ding, ding, ding. Given the yeah. Alaska, you can go to Alaska. We'll have a mass exodus yeah, out of Chicago. Uh, Twenty thousand to go wow. up in Alaska. Yeah, that might be worth it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you, I think it's it's half when you get there, and then half when you finish the academy or something right, like that. Yeah, it's not some time. It's not some crazy yeah. five year kind of thing though. Um, yeah. So really, so a lot of the other agencies probably are fully staffed because people are leaving Chicago to go there. And they're they're loving them. They're loving them. Nice. And these officers are like, wow, this is night and day. I'm like treated <laughs> like a person. Right. I get time off. And they're like, their equipment is paid for. Oh. We're in Chicago. We have to buy all our equipment. What? Wow. Everything? And. And these agencies are paying for the equipment and they're just pulling out the silver platter. And it's like, yeah, you're going to want to go work for another agency sure. that you're getting equal pay. You're getting a sign on bonus. You're getting your equipment. You're getting training and you're getting your days off. And you get to move out of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So your cost I mean, of living's got to be less. Where's the negative? Right. There is a negative. negative. Yeah. No. But, uh, back up. Y'all have to buy your own equipment. Everything? Guns? Rifles? Yeah. Vest, everything, uniform, everything. Yes. I will say, though, what they did, the Chicago Police Memorial does a behind the vest, and that's something that I wasn't part of. This is newer, where they do fundraising and they are providing uh, vests for officers, but I don't know the specifics of what vest and what it includes and upgrades or whatnot. But when I started, we paid forever. Wow. Hmm. No allowance given at all. They do give a uniform allowance, but I was talking to my girlfriend who's also retired the other day, and um, the uniform allowance doesn't equate what we have to buy in uniforms or, you know, training. Because, I mean, think about it. When you go to the gun range to practice, you're going to use your uniform allowance for that, right? But then you have to buy pants that are $85 and a shirt that's $75 <laughs> and a sweater and a raincoat, $200 yeah. boots. All right. So well, it, it, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. So when you have to recall firearms, you buy, you have to pay your own ammunition and everything? No, no, they give okay. it to us. But okay. I mean, if you want to practice on your own, because, you know, it, it's muscle memory and it's an art. You got yes. you got to practice. Right. Yes. You don't want to go out there and, unfortunately, if you have to use your gun, not be proficient in it. So Absolutely. A lot of officers practice, right? Sure. And when you got to buy uniforms and boots and, and the, the uniform allowance, God, I can't remember. I think it's quarterly. So what tax is taken out of it, I don't know, you get four or five hundred bucks. Wow. You ever have to pay for a bullet, Tom? Uh, well, 
like at Tempe, they did a lot of firearms training. Right. And you could sign up to go in there. But you didn't buy your own rounds. No. And they actually, uh, if you were going to practice, uh-huh. um, you could get rounds from the PD. Right. Yeah. That they gave you a, a monthly uh, amount of rounds. Yeah. We never paid for no, rounds. That gets expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, ammunition kind of went up in price there for a while, especially. But, God, I, I don't know why anybody's at Chicago PD. I'm trying to figure out why anybody works there. And, and, you know, you're talking about, you know, $85 pants, a $75 shirt. I cannot understand why uniform pants and shirts are so damn expensive. Yeah, because they ain't all that. No, there's nothing special about them. Uh-uh. I mean, like ours, I only wore polo shirts except for my Class A. Right. But otherwise, I that was my I had a polo shirt underneath my vest. Yeah, but you paid beautiful for those boots, though, didn't you? There. Well, yeah. Well, motor actually, man, motor <laughs> man. You know how they are in their killer boots and their polish, and yeah, I paid a lot for that. Did you, did you get an allowance for that too for your polish? Uh, actually, when you went into traffic, they bought your first pair of boots. See, I, I knew there was. I, 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 yeah, God, I, why do you think people stay? Truly. I don't know. Well, I think people are conditioned exactly. and scared. And and now you're living for that paycheck and you've been doing it so long that making that jump to another department sometimes is even challenging for some people. Yeah, but if they're know? matching it I, and they're I, take you right. can take your I get the retirement loss if you right. can't take that with you. Yeah, that and, would be huge. And but. that's the beauty here. Everybody's for the most part right. state retirement, so you can go wherever you want to go, but you know, and I know that there are a lot of them are good people who are just holding out, thinking one more day right. it's got to get better. But there's going to come a point if things don't change. I I think you're going to see a, I mean, like ma- not just right. little trickles here. It's going to go to full blown hemorrhage. Right, and and you can't hire enough people to replace just your everyday retirements that are out there. No. You know? So how do you, how do you make any headway? It's crazy. No, rec- recruitment's been suffering. I know that they've been doing re- recruitment um, meet and greets, and they're at, like, fast food restaurants. And, <laughs> you know, come get a free it. ice cream and, and fly to CPD, or, you know, they're doing multiple dates for exams. I mean, when I got on back in the day, God, there was, like, 20,000 people that applied. Yeah. Sure. Now they, they can't even get a couple, you sure. know. it's. I'm hearing, like, double-digit numbers going to take a cpd test like oh yeah you know my son's friend went for the exam today and he said there's 10 people in the room for the time you know so it just it's suffering so when you went to the academy how big was your academy class we had three three yeah but i mean the kid was full we we would have to park down the block to you know to get you had to park you'd have to get there early and park down the block or down two blocks but my class alone there was probably 60 of us but that was one class yeah i was gonna say you're running right but you have multiple so how big are the classes now two have they gotten i mean like would they hold a class for even 10 15 students recruits they i mean i do know that they try to get like 40 or 50 in at a time but i don't think it's multiple classes like right. you know my class graduated then two weeks later another exactly class, right you know, you yeah. know what I mean? it was a rotating door there yeah yeah 
What about lowering the requirements? Yeah, and this came up with somebody here with me the other day. I don't even know what we've changed the drug usage, what's deemed experimental. When's well, the last time I mean, you smoke pot that they'll take you? When I started, yeah. You couldn't do it at all. Right. Or if you if you experimented with it, okay. But, man, they grilled you on it. Now I think it's uh, either six months or a year. There has to be some type of a gap that right. you hadn't had done any marijuana. Yeah. I don't know. What about Chicago, in Chicago? Have they, have they lowered requirements on things? I know they lowered the age. I know they lowered the education before you had to have 60 credit hours. That is not the case anymore. I do believe that they did change the drug um, requirements. I think you have to sign something to my, what did I say? That their kid went through. They had to sign something saying that they will not do drugs once they're hired if they were doing like marijuana because marijuana is legalized. Won't do it on duty. (laughs) You know, uh, but I mean, you can't quote me on it more. more. This is all hearsay, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, when I got on, like, couldn't, you couldn't, there there was no way. Like, like Tom's, no. Are they polygraphing recruits or they don't do the polygraph anymore? No, they do. They do do polygraph. Okay. Um, well, you know, we but, were, I don't even remember where, what we were listening to coming yeah. back, and they said that some departments were hiring felon, people with felonies right. now. And our question is, how do you get to possess a gun? And, and I think the only way that could happen is if somebody had their rights restored. Yeah, but again, right. how many people, how many felons uh, are getting yeah. their rights restored here? Because well, I'm a little a concerned yeah. about that too. But um, have you heard of anything along those lines? I've heard of recruits. I think one was allowed to leave to go to a, a, a funeral service. And I believe he ended up beating up somebody, like putting a mask on and beating somebody up. <laughs> um, okay. Domestic. And they kept him? I've heard, I've heard domestics. Um, I know one recruit or was someone with an applicant who was a applying didn't even have a valid driver's license so i don't know how they got as far as they did wow um, i don't believe they started but they were you know processing and right you know um i know the quality of recruits has changed a lot i mean when i was in the academy it was paramilitary and right. it's not like that anymore. sure i mean no yeah. makeup a lot of places yeah. are getting soft like that now too. yeah yeah natural yeah. hair color no nails that that stuff is out the window at this sure point. Yeah, we even yeah. heard uh, there was something in the media the other day about even illegal immigrants now can apply some places mm-hmm. to be cops, and you're going, "Whoa, how, how, hang on a minute, yeah, how does that work?" <laughs> that that how, yeah, um, you know, how can we help? <laughs> Seriously, what what suggestions do you have for us and how we can help? It's frustrating for us because we do have some of the answers. Yeah, I, I would love for you guys to come down here. It just, you hear so many stories and it breaks your heart because, you know, I, I love this show. I, I loved being a part of it. I loved helping people. I loved every aspect of this job. And it breaks my heart to see something that was so great at one time be so completely broken. Right. And we need to start with these officers. They need, they need help. They need outlet because we are 
getting to the point where it's unhealthy coping mechanisms and it's just a recipe for disaster. Sure. And that's that's the problem that these officers are not getting help. They're not recognizing symptoms. They're not recognizing signs. They're not recognizing what's going on because they are just trying to just sustain. They're trying to sustain between everything and mm-hmm. pull every which way. You, you you know, and you're so busy that you just put it in the back of your mind. You you drown it out and it's gonna it's gonna come back. We do need somebody down here mm-hmm. advocating for officers, advocating for their spouses so they do see these warning signs and they see these symptoms and we can nip it in the butt early before it becomes a bigger problem. Does the FMP have the auxiliary there like we have had in the South that's the wives group? Do they have you ever heard of an FOP auxiliary in Chicago? I have not. Okay. No, I have not. I, I don't I don't know if they have one or not. Um I do know that they try to do like wellness stuff and they do have, you know, they, they do send emails out to officers where they they are really actively trying to nip this in the bud, but unfortunately when the FOPs working as hard as they are and they're doing a great job. But if the city isn't going to back them and mm-hmm. work and come in, mm-hmm. it, it makes it a hundred times harder. It, it really does, unfortunately. Well, they're not they're not working together and it's not of the fault of the FOP, it's the fault of the city, unfortunately. Sure. Well, and that's why I was saying if they had the auxiliaries there, that's the wives groups that it you know, if we could even get into that. Um, do you know of any even online groups that are just Chicago families or spouses? Um, they do have some uh, Facebook groups for female officers, male officers, just officers in general. No, I'm talking about their families that are strictly the, the families of law enforcement. There is like, you know, wives of CPD and, and whatnot. There are small groups. Okay. And, you know, you can't post anonymously in some of them. That's... But we need we need we need professionals. We need. You know, it's nice to talk amongst one another, mm-hmm. but we need we need professionals in here to nip us in the butt. It would it would overall improve morale and the health of officers and their safety. Sure. I, mean, no, I was thinking if we could get into those groups to at least give under the shield as a resource to the spouses who are going to have maybe a little more time right. than the sworn side because they're working all the time, that at least we could get uh, give them some information on things they could do to help the law enforcement spouse be healthier, sleep better. Because again, we don't we don't focus on the quantity of sleep; we focus on the quality of the sleep. Because these, these people, are, they're so tired now, they can sleep 48 hours and right. not get good quality sleep. Exactly. And so if we could even introduce ourselves into these social media groups that are the spouses and say, hey, let us do an online training even for them and see if we couldn't at least get them in there to give them some information on, on vitamins and minerals and sleep and the things that physiologically will help them also psychologically. Um, yeah, that would be great. That would be a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's something we'll look at because, uh, again, I think those officers up there are going to be more receptive to their spouses saying, yeah, they'll research us, and that's fine. <laughs> right, which that's, is fine. Yeah. Absolutely, but they may be more receptive to at least hearing what we have to say come through the spouse versus 
other places that are like, well, who the heck is that? And why would we listen to them? But yeah, that's something we will certainly try. And if you have any connections with anyone through FOP, if they know of groups that we could get to online that could help get to the officers even, um, you know, we're willing to do all of that because I said, that would be amazing. I'll, um, I'll ask around and see if anyone has any insight in that Yeah, and get back to you because that would be, that would be great. That would be awesome. We would, we would really be honored to be able to help that way. What else do you feel like our audience needs to, to know what, about what's going on up there uh, as we start to wrap this up? Because hmm. I don't think people understand the gravity of, of what is happening in Chicago right. PD. I really don't think they do. Well, and I mean, a lot of us have heard the horror stories of the suicides that, you know, have come from officers active duty versus and, you know, retired alike. Um, and some stat I read that Chicago PD was 60 percent higher on the than the national average of all departments, you know, which is atrocious to hear that. But it's not just Suicide. the suicides. No. It's it's the days off that people are not getting. That's I mean, that's a major factor that's causing a lot of problems. Well, there are health issues that come with this. Exactly. There's, there's relationship family components yes. that come into this. You know, it, it's it, and again, this is because it's a lifestyle. I right. don't care what they teach in the academy; it is a lifestyle. Exactly. And when you start affecting that part of it, because you're working people, because y'all don't know how to manage your own police department, and motivate people, you just beat them, basically. Uh, and I think, sadly, when people don't see something every day in the news about mm-hmm. Chicago PD, well, it must be better. Right. It's yeah. It's getting better. It has to be. And the reality of the matter is, how many people know about all the uh, illegals living in the <laughs> yeah, police stations. No, that's, that's just. I haven't heard of that anywhere else in this country. Have yeah. you, Marie? No, no. no. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. You you definitely have to check that out. You have to watch these videos and see what's going on. Uh, I know one officer. He was saying that the bugs are out of control. The sickness. They're they're pulling people out in busloads and taking them to hospitals and they don't know what they have and then you have these officers that are getting exposed to this stuff right and then and then it's like oh now you got to work your days off you know and maybe we won't have you work your days off if you you submit a two from explaining why you need your days off and then we'll decide if we'll give it to you I mean, it's just absolute craziness you shouldn't have to fight for your days off no you should be allowed to have your days off you shouldn't be we're exposed to so much as the police I know Tom, you can understand being on the street. You were exposed to a lot of stuff, right? right? And I was too. But to be daily exposed to stuff <laughs> that you don't even know right. in your own what station, it, when you right. have the health department taking a taking bringing a bus and taking a bunch of people away, and you don't know, that's adding stress. I mean, yeah, these officers are just tired. They yeah, are. Just things are just so tired. out of control that the officers can't do anything to help themselves. Well, I'm gonna really stir the pot now. Um, have you heard people talking anything at all about what how they're handling if people put in for intermittent FMLA? <laughs> that I do not know about. I do know that they were giving like stress leave, but that was taken away. 
I do know that. No, this is... one officer went for stress leave, and they said they don't do that anymore. Because I think a lot of people after the riots were trying to take the stress leave. Rightfully so. Right. No, this is a so. federal law, and you're all... <laughs> You all are entitled to it. I mm-hmm. hate day. They can't tell you no. Um, but it's intermittent FMLA. It's 12 weeks used as you see fit when you need it. And basically, it's you pick up the phone and you call and go, FMLA day, click. And there's nothing they can do about it because it's federal law. You you will get paid. Everybody's got sick time because nobody's been able yeah, to use it. Sick and vacation. You sick and vacation. If you, you know, that's how you get paid. And then if you run out of that, um, they still have to give it to you, but unpaid. But this is federal law. Pe- most people think of just FMLA where you're going to take 12 weeks, wife has a baby, something like that. But there is, an, there is a component of it that is called intermittent FMLA. You can put, you put in for it, and let's say it starts September 1. And you have till next August 31st to use those 12 weeks as you need. It can be a day here, an hour there, three days here, and no questions can be asked. And the beauty of it is the form that a doctor fills out. Here's what I tell everybody, uh, because I want to be known. I've told Tom that I want on my tombstone, queen of intermittent FMLA. Um, And the only reason you ask for FMLA, and boy, Chicago, this ain't a lie, sleep deprivation. And basically, it's officers saying, if I don't sleep, you, you don't want me on the street, nor should you want me on the street. So nobody can complain about sleep. You know, don't do post-traumatic stress because they'll start doing fit for duties and that kind of stuff. But when you do it just for sleep deprivation, saying, I'll use it if I need it, but they cannot deny you. This is federal law. Oh, they need my mouth in Chicago yeah. with signs your, saying your, intermittent FMLA. Your medical doctor can yep. sign that form for you. And it requires very little information other than sleep deprivation. And any doctor, urgent care, any nurse practitioner, any physician assistant, psychologist can do it. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is sign it. And it's handled differently in departments, but uh, most of it just goes through HR. And uh, they can't tell you no. So how do we spread that word? <laughs> you know, to me, the FOP ought to be doing that. Right. Um, and and here's the thing. It's real empowering because think if every Chicago police officer had intermittent FMLA, technically you could all be off the same day and nobody could say anything. <laughs> That's kind of scary. <laughs> um, but that is, a, I mean, you y'all are entitled to that. It's federal. Chicago can say what they want to. All that other stress leave and stuff is stuff they either give right. and then they take it away, right. but not on this federal level. So that's something very you might want to mention to, to yeah, some people. Yeah, that is, that is very informative. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> ask the F- SFOP why they aren't putting it out. If they're not familiar with it, please tell them to call me. Yeah. I'd be happy to talk to them about it because this – and there's just something about knowing I've got it and I don't have to explain anything. And they can't make me get a doctor's note because I already got a doctor's note telling me if I don't sleep, I get to take FMLA day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh, I hope that gets back to the yeah. mayor. Maybe I'll get a phone call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, mention that to anybody you know that's currently working. 
tell them to check into intermittent FMLA and they can reach out to us. We'll be happy to talk to them about yeah. it. We've done it for with a lot of officers and dispatchers. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely get the word out. Will you keep us up to date so we can update our audience too periodically on how things are, if there's improvements, it's getting worse, whatever? And we'll oh, absolutely. Pass. Yeah. Because I, I just feel like people don't know right. what's going on up there. They they hear all the other stuff in San Francisco and other places, but I, I don't think they realize what's happening in Chicago. No. So we uh, we can't thank you enough for taking time out to, to come on the show and and educate us and and others and we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting with you and any way you see a door open for us to get into the families to the officers to the FOP, to whoever um let, please let us know how we can do that and we'll be happy to knock on those doors right absolutely yeah i will get working on that um i enjoy you guys your show is fantastic thank you you guys have a wealth of knowledge and you know it was an honor to be on on the show and talk to you guys. Well, it was our honor. And as we're wrapping this up, uh, our audience, we want to make sure that you understand that we are here 24-7-365. The the most sincere, safe form of confidentiality is how we do it through anonymity. Be Bugs Bunny, be Daffy Duck, be whoever you want to be. You can be the mayor, the superintendent. We we just don't care because we don't have to care about what your name is. Um, and reach out to us, families, reach out to us. This is not just for the sworn side. It's also fire, dispatch, detention, everybody and their families. Um, if you call our 855-889-2348 and you hit extension one, you will get a stress coach. Let it ring because if I'm on the phone, it's going to roll somewhere. If they're on the phone, it's going to roll to another stress coach, but you will get a stress coach. Let it ring. We're not a referral source. Um, if you want to talk to me directly, my cell number is 334-324-3570. And I tell everybody, text me during the day, call me at night, uh, and that is 24-7. We're not 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. You're not, so we're not. Exactly. And your cell, Tom? My cell phone number is 480-861-6574, and you can call or text if you call and I don't answer, please leave a message. Yep. And uh, we'll make sure Joel, our producer, puts all these numbers out there as well. And look, the hardest call you will make is that very first phone call. And we mm-hmm. understand that. And we don't want that to be a voice where you got to leave a voice message or anything else because you may not make that call again. Right. And it's about having the resource answer and be able to help and done so in a very safe manner. And that's our whole goal here at Under the Shield. We're not going to send you a bill. We're not going to do any of that kind of stuff because it's not about the money. Tom and I have already agreed we will live homeless (laughs) shelters or under an overpass if we have to. I guess we can stay here in the office. In the meantime, I don't know how your wife will feel about you living under an overpass. But um, I got a German shepherd now, so I got protection. And as the Phoenix officers told me, they'll find me the safest, nicest one in Phoenix. What more could I ask for? Uh, but please reach out to us. We know the sacrifices that are being made, and this is really loud to Chicago PD. Please, please reach out to us and families. Uh, the sacrifices families make, they're not given nearly enough credit. Right. It's a hard place to be and even harder for those in Chicago right now. And we just want you to know we're here for you 24-7. God bless you. God bless your families in this great nation that we live in. 
Come back and see us next time.